Welcome to Tenet Men. I am your host, Steve, and I am joined by Kevin, and together we are doing a complete and methodical review of the Christopher Nolan 2020 epic high-concept time travel film, Tenet. We are doing a minute-by-minute analysis of the film by conducting our own temporal pincer movements. I am on the red team moving forward through the film. Kevin is on the blue team traveling in reverse. How are you, Kevin? Uh, I am doing well. I, I was actually recently researching the optimal way to watch Oppenheimer because that is that date is quickly approaching us it's getting there's uh there's lots of hype for it right because like my wife knows about it now and the only way she would know about it is if it's uh (laughs) if it's a thing people are talking about that's not me right I've mentioned it to her (laughs) 20 times but then she saw it in like people magazine and she's like have you heard of this movie it's like fuck (laughs) this this movie has told you all about it great stills like it's just like it's made to be on the cover of a magazine (laughs) yeah oh yeah i would like the graphics and like we haven't even seen it right you've only seen like a split (laughs) second of like the explosion but you know like there's going to be like a really epic explosion footage of uh of a bomb and the old timey hats i mean that that Mm. does so much for an aesthetic (laughs) uh a hundred percent i mean and that's i think that's um What's his name? Uh, K- the guy who Kill- stars in it, Killian, Killian Murphy. Murphy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, it, it must just be like a prerequisite in his contract for like any film he does that he has to wear a cool hat. And I'm really just oh, speaking of. Think, uh, I'm thinking Tiki <laughs> Blinders. He definitely has yeah. a hat. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, in in the other Batman movies, he wore a mask. Same thing. Scarecrow mask. It's it's a it's a hat for the face. (laughs) Yeah, it's a hat for the face. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I did see a new trailer that actually had dialogue, not voiceover. Have you seen this trailer? Have you seen Matt Damon talk? Yeah, I've seen that one. And it's like uh is it the one where he's he's talking to Oppenheimer and he's like, wait, there's a non zero chance, like the whole world ends. Yes. Like a little there's a little jokey yeah kind of. i was kind of like eh. <laughs> i don't know out of context <laughs> i'm not so sure not sold on this but we'll see it's got to sell they need something to sell tickets right mm-hmm. that's it yeah i i cannot take my wife to another christopher nolan movie uh, no not not after interstellar <laughs> <laughs> she's a hard pass on these now wow she turned to that's me halfway bummer. through interstellar and said is this that stupid dream movie guy that made this movie <laughs> Did she did she see uh, Dunkirk? No, I I saw that alone. Oh. Yeah, there's there's okay. no there's no getting her to see a war movie in the theater. Oh, um, okay, okay. Yeah, I sold I sold I could sell it to her by McConaughey and and um, Anne Hathaway with Interstellar, but yeah, I, yeah. I don't think I can sell this. <laughs> so she didn't like Inception or Interstellar. Then she she walked out of Inception, <laughs> and we were in a living room. <laughs> so that's a big walkout. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow what about batman movies no uh oh i have a we have an interesting relationship with batman uh, <laughs> because we saw two of the three batman movies together in a movie in a in a 
drive-in movie theater here in uh, Seattle that's now closed. Okay. And I believe my one of my children was conceived during the showing. Of- I was just, I was just going to say. So you, she didn't see the movies. <laughs> no, we yeah, Batman Begins. Yeah, that was the actually no, it couldn't have been. Uh, we saw The Dark Knight too, but uh, it's always a double feature with those old timey places. So I remember distinctly Batman Begins was a. Uh, we we stopped watching halfway through. <laughs> yeah, which I Weird. professed as my least favorite of those three. Yeah. <laughs> all right but a hell but a hell of a night you know (laughs) (laughs) some of the great loves of my life were there my my wife my my 93 ford explorer (laughs) batman (laughs) christopher nolan (laughs) it's a magical night (laughs) what a yeah what a point in time (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right well uh, I know you also prepared a list of Tony Scott films. Do we want to like quickly go through this, or um, do well, I we save, could save it for, it next, for week? next week? I do. There's one other. Thing. So when I saw Oppenheimer, I did see another time travel movie. Oh, uh, uh, well, I was confused whether it was time travel or multiverse, but I saw the Flash movie. Oh, it was that movie was super hyped. And uh, I like the reviews I'm seeing are very bad. So what did you think? <laughs> uh, it was I had no intention to see it. I just happened to have the day off. And I usually I go to see like Marvel movies the for opening weekend, but I've never seen a DC movie the opening weekend. Um, maybe the Batman, you know, I went to go see, but mm-hmm. um, not any of these Justice League movies. And I just had the day off all by myself. So I went to see it and. Uh, it's it's a fine movie for you know being what this is but um it basically just gets by on having the Michael Keaton Batman in it. <laughs> right, that's what's exciting about it. That, that's like the only reason I want to see it is because Michael Keaton's in it. And I think that enough will get you through the movie. <laughs> so he a plays pre- a large he he's got a large presence in it. There's about a there's about 30 great minutes of Michael Keaton Batman in it. <laughs> That's kind of amazing. I also know, uh, like Superman is in it, right? And Zod, Zod, yeah, but like not as much. Like they're all just kind of like background. Um, that was uh, the dude who, pl- yeah, the dude who plays Zod. I forget his name. Michael, Michael Shannon, right? Michael Shannon. Yeah, he's a and good I actor. Can't, he's a great actor, but I think it's this reused footage. No, he he's in Man it. He did it. He he did it, and he doesn't like it. Like he said, you could have fooled uh, me. <laughs> He well, said, only, like, yeah. I only saw Man of Steel once, so I couldn't tell what was reused, what was the same. Because um, they basically time traveled back to that fight scene. Okay. Uh, uh, that's yeah. it. Yeah. He, he said, like, it doesn't do the character, like, any justice. And, like, it really, like, he's not a fan of, like, these new types of, like, movies um, where they bring people back just for the sake of bringing it back. I, yeah. Um, and it's. It's weird to go back. Like it just hasn't been that many of these DC movies to start reusing villains. Well, I think Spider Man did it right. Like Spider Man did it last year, and now everyone's gonna do it. Like we're gonna see. Uh, like X Men are gonna do it now. Actually, X Men did it. X Men kind of Days this, of Future like, Past. A, yeah. yeah, like a decade ago. Yeah. This is very much a Days of Future Past, especially like the ending <laughs> is like that ending where okay, we can just you can just pretend this is a closed loop, you know. <laughs> Because it's a Flash yeah. movie, but also it has 
several Batman in it. Yeah, I know uh, Ben so Affleck is in it. Yes. Who else? What other Batman? Uh, oh, that's all spoilers, but it's just, it's mostly oh, okay. other cameos besides those two. But okay. it's just a camp. It's like a cavalcade of Batman cameos. <laughs> Robert Batmanson would be no, just he doesn't show. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. I, uh, they went and got that Batman. <laughs> that would be incredible. The uh, you mentioned Man of Steel. I don't like Superman. I have a, I just in general don't like Superman, but I actually kind of like that movie. And it, like, there's two things about that I shouldn't like, right? Like, it's it's Superman and Kevin Costner's in it. Um, yeah. But I actually kind of like that movie. I I saw it the once, and I was like, I just found it joyless. Like, Superman should be fun, right? Or something. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why I liked it. I don't know. I just remember Kevin Costner committing suicide by tornado in that movie. That's yeah. my one he, frame of reference. He didn't need to die. <laughs> Uh, but he's Kevin Costner, so maybe he did. <laughs> I don't know. I just like to rag on Kevin Costner. Oh, really? Uh, I mean, he's not a great actor. No, but he is, is an he... actor for some reason. <laughs> he is an actor. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times I look at him and be like, you know, I, that guy could just be like my uncle and nobody would notice. Like, that, there's nothing special about him. <laughs> There's a there's a good Family Guy bit right about like uh, I think Chris goes to see a Kevin Costner movie and he's like I've never been more confused in my life and then they do like the cutaway and he's walking out and he's just like how does Kevin Costner keep getting work yeah <laughs> and I and I think about that all the time <laughs> he's at this interesting stage now where he just shows up and plays like somebody's dad for like <laughs> right a few he minutes. could just and say like, things yeah. yeah he could just drop these little one liners right. Uh, mm-hmm. like in Yellowstone and like you could dress him up like a cowboy and he could sit there and like look off into the distance and be like well that's the way it is <laughs> and, and you know he's going to get an Emmy mm-hmm. yeah he's I, I just feel like he's going to take like a hard conservative turn one day and we're all going to hate him but <laughs> it's like the, him and John, the John Wayne him and thing. John Voight yeah John it's something Voight. like you play too many cowboy movies and you turn into like an asshole <laughs> That hat gets to you, you know? <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. Heavy wears the crown. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's hop yeah. into some tenant, huh? Yeah. Where are you at? I'm curious. You have a good. So I'm, I'm at, I've got, yeah, mine's. Uh, I feel like we're getting very sh- close to the end. And oh, you're are, still yeah. very far from where I am in the story. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing, right? Like I know uh, we are getting really close. So this is episode 65. I am doing, you know, minute marker 64 to 60, 60, 64, 65. I'm sorry. So 104 to 105. You're at like 120 or less. What are you I'm at? I'm at 119, 20. 119. So, yeah. We are, we're 14 minutes apart. That's right? crazy. Is, it is crazy. Yeah. So we're like <laughs> only like seven episodes left to record of this. Mm. Um, but yeah, we're, we're really close. We're really close, but we're not in terms of, uh, like just where we are in the movie. So yeah, maybe we are, maybe we are, maybe we're closer than we think. Right. I think, I think these next few minutes are going to be going by faster than I perceive because a lot yeah. happened in my minute that I was like, Oh, this all happens in one minute. Interesting. My minute's a little less eventful. So let's just hop into it. Yeah. So we're at one Oh four 21 to one Oh five 21. 
we have Cat and Seder in their room having that little bit of an argument. Seder drops the epic line, like, if I can't have you, no one else can. Uh, mm-hmm. Love that. And then uh, she said, you know, she'd scream if, she, if, if he touched her. And she's like, if he tried, he'd have to kill him. Uh, referring to the protagonist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if he tried, you'd have to kill him. And then she says, end of deal. So like, I think I talked about, I touched on this last week, right? Like it's really presumptuous. And this part is like a little disjointed in my opinion. So like she knows now that Seder allegedly needs the protagonist to like, you know, to do a deal or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I don't necessarily like leave. I don't have the feeling that like Seder is super dependent on the protagonist, right? Like in my like in my viewing, the protag or the Seder is letting the protagonist do this mission, like like as a favor because the protagonist saved his life. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing. He needs the one more piece of the algorithm, right? Yeah. And I guess, like, we don't know how he came upon the other pieces. Were they all these sorts of happenstances where he runs into another person where he suspects they have some sort of tenant connection and then he chases that lead down until he gets an algorithm? I don't know. That's like, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, like, and, and I, I, it's like I the don't James know the answer Fon- to that mcguffin thing with hitchcock where it's like we we kind of don't care about the item or the how or the why we just need to know this person wants it and that person has it yes i and that's true we don't know we don't know and that's fine i guess my my point though is like do you have the feeling that Seder is like highly dependent on the protagonist right now no because he has access to time travel devices. Right. Exactly. <laughs> he like has it's, all the resources. Like, okay, yeah. So like the protagonist is doing this as a favor, but like in Kat's mind, like, oh no, Seder really needs this guy. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know. The whole thing is just like a little disjointed. It doesn't necessarily flow. It doesn't feel right. Um, I don't know what the, I don't know what us, the audience is supposed to feel about it or how we're supposed to feel about it. But we just accept it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I feel like there was a little bit more here that got cut for time a little bit. Like I also feel probably, like yeah, like there's stuff with the gold bars that might have been cut out and stuff like that. Now back to the gold bars. I oh, that's my. <laughs> <laughs> we'll Why would that. there be two stacks of gold bars <laughs> in separate points in this movie that never? converge or pay off i don't i don't know kevin (laughs) (laughs) why are there two goyas (laughs) yeah i don't i don't know (laughs) all right so she says so you leave me alone right so that's her threat right like you can't hurt me because if you do it's going to end your deal with the protagonist all right then the door knocks someone knocks at the door Seder screams. Seder screams back. Not now. <laughs> um, a cat like flinches, right, because of the scream, and he gets really loud. And then we get this really intense look on on Seder's face, and he's like leaning into the camera, which is like cat, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he starts this like gay. He starts to gaze away really slowly, but still with like the intense eyes. It's a pretty cool acting moment. 
I'll give him that. Um, and then he just leaves. Uh, and then we start to hear the helicopter. So then we, we cut, okay. we actually cut out of the stateroom. We're at the deck of the yacht. Uh, Volkov is there at the top of the stairs. Sater gets up there. Volkov hands him some really fancy looking binoculars. Mm-hmm. Sater looks into, into them. Uh, then we cut to the protagonist in his room. He's cocking a gun. We hear the we hear the helicopter, and the protagonist is gonna you know prepare to go see what's up. Right? He uh, he cocks the gun. He puts it in the back of his pants. Let me ask you: Is that a safe place to put a gun? It just doesn't I, feel like it is. No, because like if you go to sit, it's just gonna fall out, right? Or <laughs> go off. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, especially if you're cocking it like that's <laughs> like if you want to be ready to go, uh, there's a lot better uh, options uh, if you're sans holster, you know? Yeah, hmm. I guess like I wonder, like, what do they teach people in the CIA? Like, is that like the place to put the gun? I get if it's going to go off anywhere you want, you'd rather have it in the back of your pants than the front of your pants. Well, yeah, right? that's irre- the, the front is irreplaceable. The back. <laughs> there's a lot you know it's it's yeah it's just meaty flesh and it will grow back and you know (laughs) (laughs) all right but i would explore other options (laughs) all right then we cut to we're almost done with my minute actually Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of like gaps and silence here so protagonist starts sneaking through like a dark hallway he's looking for his spot where he can spy in the helicopter just to see what's up he finds like a little window um, the helicopter lands on the yacht. Uh, Sater has like the binoculars up and then he puts them down and Sater's team starts to approach the helicopter. And that's the end of my minute. Yeah. Also, just to point out, I know you hate my gold bar theory. They're really like putting a pin and making the audience notice that there's gold bars on Sater's yacht and why they're important to him uh, in your next minute. I guess I, I do want to discuss that. I also wonder, like, because I feel like him retrieving gold at this point is like just standard operating procedure. Right. But like he is really excited, like it seems, or really keen on watching this helicopter land and being part of the feedback loop. Yeah. Um, as like the, you know, the scene, the most senior guy in this operation. Right. Um, I feel like there's more to this delivery than just gold. Like, is there a piece of the algorithm on that helicopter? And that's why Sater is so interested in seeing it. I don't know. Oh yeah. Maybe the other nine pieces are on there. I don't know. I, I don't know. Like I, I want to know, I want to know what's up. Um, because if you it's just no like idea a gold, where they are until the end. No. Yeah. We don't, yeah, we don't see them. So like, I feel like there's more to this than we're, we're being led to believe, or I don't know, like, Sater just gets so excited every time the team recovers more gold. But it's his own goal. I don't know. <laughs> it was the gold he he dug up. I I don't know. I know. Right? Well, they so, I think they find new gold all the time, right? Oh, do they? Yeah, I don't think there was like a one drop off. I think they're like there's a stream of gold always coming back to fund his operation and this is like the next drop off. I don't That's know. Even more interesting that it's a stream of constant bricks of gold being sent back in time, or does he keep reburying it to himself, no, and I then taking so. it to a bank, putting it in, in in a in a safety deposit box, and then taking out loans on the gold bars or using it as collateral for his yachts? 
Oh, I don't I don't think so. I think it's a stream. Hmm. I don't know. It's not So he actually thought... never needs to turn a profit. He just needs to keep digging up gold bars. Yeah, I think so. I think that's all he does, right? So uh that's where he gets his money. But like I wonder Well, no, there's but... a there's an earlier point in the movie where so I think it's with the scientist early on and she says like there's like a stream of stuff coming back to us. Yeah, but that's all the collateral from the movie too that I thought like like all these pieces are inverted objects that are like part of the movie. Right. <laughs> like an right. inverted I think the gold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think I th- I think the gold is a part of that. I think I I don't know now. I don't, I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> what do we know? We only been doing this. Oh, okay, well, there's my are you done? You're, that's your class. I'm no, done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your, your, your team's up now. That's it. Okay. Oof. We now join a car chase <laughs> already in progress. Um, at one hour, 19 minutes, 20 seconds. Uh, to, to familiarize yourself with the vehicles, we have Neil and the protagonist in the BMW at this point with um, the last piece of the algorithm, the one they thought was a 241. They just have a conversation about like this doesn't look like any plutonium I've ever seen, but Neil suggests that he knows exactly what it is. Um, and they saw the Audi SUV that we know contains at least Seder and cat and some goons and they're doing a reverse chase scene. Um, and interestingly enough, they're driving what I would call butt to butt, like the, <laughs> yeah, the BMW is driving forwards normally trying to get away and uh, Seder in the Audi is driving backwards, chasing him and ramming him backwards. <laughs> this is very Requiem for a Dream. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we get a, we, we see the two cars from the outside starting off. Then we cut to the, the view of um, what Neil's vision would be weaving out of traffic. We cut back to them being butt to butt. Uh, the Audi reverse rams the BMW um, and then it pulls alongside and that happens at 41 seconds and so one hour 19 minutes 41 seconds there they come alongside the window of the SUV comes down and it's revealed a cat is in there and a satyr is in there with an oxygen mask and a gun to cat's head um, and then slowly we see um Sater's fingers forming the three for, and he's going to start counting down. But if you think about it, he has to count up. So the protagonist knows what's happening, which means it's an absolutely empty threat. Do you think the protagonist could put that together that quickly? I mean, no, because I had, I, I, I didn't the first time. <laughs> watching yeah. it through so you have to imagine the protagonist is a first watcher of the movie yeah neil would probably like, like shouldn't neil say well he would have done it already yeah yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> i know how this works <laughs> can't threaten me uh, reverse <laughs> it would have happened neil's already. just neil's just yeah neil's just driving like this is dumb <laughs> it's like it's, an inverted person can't shoot a non-inverted person it's impossible think about it we see she's existing right now, you know, <laughs> right? Imagine if that know. conversation happened. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Okay. 
uh, instead we just get uh, we see him go from three to two uh, and then um, Neil says don't give it to him the protagonist quickly shoots back this isn't plutonium and then Neil uh, says it's worse than that god damn it minor differences in the script he just says it's worse god damn it mm. and the previously says you can't give it to him and this one, and the actual movie just says, don't give it to him. Then we look to the front of the BMW from the driver's perspective, and we see a Saab lying upside down that begins okay. to uncrash, which means that that vehicle is definitively inverted. We've talked has about this. Has to be. This. Yeah, it has we to be. We also yeah. know... We also know that there's an inverted protagonist in that vehicle who's a driver. Um, uh, it unflips and then it starts driving. Uh, and then it comes in between the two vehicles just as uh, we see um, uh, Seder forming the one with his finger um, as in, you know, time's up, I'm going to do it now. But, you know, we also know from Sater's perspective, he already shot her, but he shoots her in the future compared to the protagonist. But it's an empty threat. We talked about that. Now the Saab, now the Saab pulls right in between the two vehicles, which um, uh, we know what's going on here. We see the handoff, but we don't see the handoff from the perspective we see. I've already seen in the film, but you, when you're watching it forwards, we'll see it later in the film that... Uh, he throws the empty box to Seder in the BMW and he throws the 241 or the, the last piece of the algorithm, the ninth piece of the algorithm into the sob. Um, uh, and then we see the uh, sob drive off in reverse and the, um, and Seder begins to try to exit the uh, BMW, uh, not the BMW, the uh, Audi. The SUV, leaving, which we know he'll leave Cat in there, and that's what we discussed in my last minute. But I can't for the life of me. Oh, oh I did kind of figure. I thought about this. the The whole reasoning why Sater gets out of the moving car. So, when he's in the interrogation, he says, "Where did you leave it? Is it in the BMW?" Or the fire truck. Because remember, he used a fire truck as an infiltration vehicle. Right, right. So that those are his two options. Where did you leave it? So if you think about it, if Seder is moving forward, or I'm sorry, Seder is moving backwards through the chase. And the first place he goes is to um, where all the vehicles stopped. And he checks the BMW. We see him do that. Chronog chronologically to his perspective that's the first place he goes then he disappears and we don't know where he goes um, and that's when Kat and the protagonist are put in the car it starts going backwards from the car's perspective or from Sayer's perspective they're being pulled back into the car chase um, and I assume Sater goes and checks the fire truck doesn't find it in the fire truck and that's when he comes back and does the handoff because otherwise I can't figure out why Seder. We don't, yeah, we don't see the handoff. I think, yeah. I, I think, and I, I've mentioned this before, 
I think there's multiple versions of Seder during this heist. Like he goes back and, and like he, maybe he disappears, inverts himself, goes, okay, hold on. Let's plan this out. <laughs> right. Like, like, like Where Neil does in the be? third act. <laughs> yeah. Like Neil in the third act. I think there has to be multiple versions of Seder here mm-hmm. because like if there, like if there was only one, if there was only one inverted Seder the entire time, the scene doesn't make sense. It, it kind of, yeah, I, I do agree with you. And that, that's why I was struggling with, well, why does he disappear and let this whole thing with Kat and the protagonist go on for a few minutes and then get back into a moving car? It seems like a very illogical way to maneuver around this. <laughs> looks cool. Yeah. It and looks it's awesome. fast paced and yeah. it's actiony. But like, if you think about it, you could step out of this and go, hold on, I've lost control of this situation. I don't know where this is. I don't know what these two are doing. <laughs> if you just step out, you sit there with Volkov, you get out a whiteboard, you get out some Lego sets and you go, okay, <laughs> we know it's not in the BMW. We know it's not in the fire truck. Where should we go next? What should we do? And you plan it out. You have an infinite amount of time to construct that. Yeah. If you have yeah. a, a turnstile, you can sit there yeah. with, that's what we never see. We never, also never see Neil and the protagonist sit down and go, so <laughs> we're here, you know, yeah we don't see like a mission debrief huh <laughs> no we skip over them because i think it wouldn't make sense <clears throat> and also it would cut out the action it would cut out the suspense right yeah all right well there you have it folks mm-hmm. <laughs> episode 65 experts yeah yeah Thank you all for listening to the Tenement Men podcast. If you've enjoyed this program, please take a moment to follow, rate, and review on whatever service you found us on. And rest assured, we will continue our temporal pincer move- movements of this film. And until then, we'll meet you at the beginning. I'll see you at the beginning, friends. <laughs> <laughs>